Hard to believe, but it is Tuesday, February 1st, 2022. It's the first February edition, first ever one of baseball today. It's Ploof and Rose. Is Matthew Stafford, is he doing laps in the pool right now? Is he drinking a half-calf decaf mocha latte with a twist? What's he doing? I got to assume he's just hanging out with the fam at home. They get this week off, right, to prepare, and then, man, the Super Bowl, baby, in L.A. I know you're excited about it. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've been – I, I was counting him last night. This will be my 17th Super Bowl that I've covered. Wow. Yeah, believe me. I am so fortunate, and including the last several where I get to talk to the guys on the field, right? Last year, obviously, was we were up in the concourse because of COVID. But when you're right down on the field, right after a championship happens, it's pretty damn cool. So yeah. um, I imagine Sunday was fun for you. It was great. I mean, that game was incredible. Um, a lot of twists and turns, but in the end, yeah, to see all the guys celebrate and, you know, just being around the families and knowing some of them and how hard they work and how much it means to them. It's, it's cool. You know, Shoot, it's awesome to see someone have that success. So will you even text him? Will you bother him? What will you do? Stay away from sure. him? No, I'll text him. Congrats, whatever, whatever. But yeah, he's locked in right now for sure. Locked in. Yeah. We're 12 days away from the game. He doesn't have to be locked in yet. I'm telling you, these guys are locked in. They've been, I, I hung out with uh, a couple of them on one of their off weeks. Um, and all they wanted to do was watch football and talk about football and strategize. Like these guys are locked in. They're, they're in it. They know the window is very, you know, they have a, yeah. a, a small window. You want to tell me who you were hanging out with? Nope. Just okay. some guys, some dudes, guys being guys, Chris. All right. Weirdo. <laughs> I mean, what do you got, man? Let's talk some baseball. Yeah, let's do that. I'm a fan of that. So let's get to it. Um, I want to start off with a John Heyman tweet where he says that once the lockout is over, that the Mets are still going to be interested in a big name pitcher and maybe a big name outfielder, which would probably push their payroll to upwards of 270 maybe closer to 300 million depending on who they get are you buying that and if so does it make sense i don't know if i'm buying that um it wouldn't surprise me i guess knowing what we know of uncle stevie up there like he's willing to you know make a splash and like that's kind of how he wants to come into the league guns a blazing he's done that already and if he wants to continue to do it so be it um i'm sure they'll explore all avenues I keep saying this right now during the lockout, all these teams are looking at their roster saying, what can we do? What can we do? They had a lot of time to think about it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if they decide, Hey, we think another starting pitcher will put us over the hump. Hey, we think a bat will put us over the hump. It doesn't sound like he's afraid to go spend. So um, this is something that we should all be very excited for. Like we, we kind of been missing this in baseball. Um, Steve says there ain't no cap here. I'll do whatever I want. So I guess you start with the rotation because they just signed Scherzer. We know that they paid DeGrom a ton of money. Carlos Carrasco. A lot more. <laughs> yeah, they're going to. But as of right now, what is he making? 30 a year or whatever? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Uh, maybe not quite that. But Scherzer's getting a ton. Carlos Carrasco ain't cheap. I mean, do they go one year on Carlos Rodon? I don't know if you can get him for one year. I would doubt it. Um, you know, I, I would have no problem with that. Something like that outfield wise like nick castellanos chris bryant yeah but think about what we're talking about here this is a mets team that you know scherzer how much longer is he going to be dominant i guess we don't really know he could be four years right 
He could but pull a Tom Brady. Let's say it's four years. You got a four-year window that you have a, two horses working at the top of your staff, and like you need more than that really to get over the hump. So like I could see them saying like this is our window. Let's go bananas here, and then we'll recalibrate. Like they they have a team. They've constructed a team now that we're talking. You know these. This is a real playoff team. Add some more pieces. And then it's like okay, what can we do? Are we capable of winning World Series? Sure. Well, let's remember what Steve Cohen said when he bought the franchise. He's like, if we don't win this thing in five years, that's a disappointment. There you go. You got your answer then, right? So I don't know. I I think it'll be a ton of fun to watch them. Um, I think that they will be. I think they'll be the more fascinating team in New York, to be honest with you, if they keep adding players. Yeah, like the no-nonsense, business-like Yankees. Then you got this wild card out there, and like I think that's cool. It's it's a great, uh, you know, tit for tat. Like they they're going to complement each other for sure. All right, let's move on. Um, we're still waiting on Seiya Suzuki, who of course has already been posted from his team over in Japan. And once the lockout ends, he'll have about three weeks to continue to negotiate with clubs. Well, Pete Abraham of the Boston Globe says the front runners continue to be the Mariners and the Giants with the Cubs and the Padres still kicking this thing around here. Do you feel like those are the two front runners, Giants, Mariners, in terms of fit? And does it all make sense and all that sort of stuff? I mean, we really have no idea because, you know, from all that I've read, he hasn't even come in and met with any teams yet. So, like, those meetings have to take place. Uh, for Seattle and San Fran to be the front runners, I mean, it kind of makes sense to me. I mean, those two regions have, you know, um, a high density of Japanese Americans. So I talk about this all the time with guys coming to the States, like the familiarity factor, like having, you know, a base that, you know, I know you're trying to assimilate into our country, just like I would if I went down to Venezuela and played winter ball. But at the same time, if I'm having a bad day, it'd be nice to know I had some people I could really communicate with and, and had that familiarity. Mm-hmm. So I think that factors in a little bit. It's got to. Um, but again, we don't know anything because he hasn't come over to the States. And the guy like him, we've said this on this show too, he really fits any ball club. I mean, he's, he's exactly what all these teams are looking for, a combination of power and plate discipline. So he fits any team, but we got to wait and see. These meetings haven't even taken place yet. So as far as uh, where he fits best, I think San Francisco. They need right-handed pop. I don't think Chris Bryant's returning there uh, since he was in his walk year. A lot of the guys they brought back, left-handed power, right? They extended Crawford. A belt is back on the qualifying offer. <clears throat> Buster Posey is now gone. You know, you got Longoria from the right side. But they do need a little bit more balance in that lineup, right? Yastrzemski will give you a pop from the left side. Wade is from the left side. So they do need somebody to balance out that lineup. Uh, Seattle... It, you know, I don't know if he has a relationship with Ichiro. Uh, obviously, Ichiro can fill him in on what Seattle is all about up there. Uh, we know that they've got two young outfielders. One we saw last year in Kelnick. One Rodriguez we have not seen, but is like right on the cusp of being something special. And Mitch Hanniger is in the last year of his deal. Kyle Lewis? As far as what, huh? Kyle Lewis, right? Yeah, and it, we forgot about him, right? He's just kind of been, he's a, he's a background piece at this point. And I don't know why. Well, wasn't he hurt last year at the end of yeah. last year? Yeah. I don't know if he's a background piece. I don't know. We'll see. I don't think he's a background piece. If no, he no, is, no, that's but a hell of a background piece. What I'm saying, I guess I, I misspoke. He's a background piece from when we break down teams. He shouldn't be, but for sure. some reason, because he it was out of sight, out of mind last year. Yeah, I guess you're right. Okay. 
We got to get back into all this stuff. The rosters. And I know. Man. I know. We're going to have to Excited. do some homework here. Um, the other thing, what you said about comfort level for guys. I used to be a big believer in that. That changed when Darvish went to Texas and Yoannis Cespedes went to Oakland. Right? If you were to put them in places where you just talked about, maybe comfort level is a big thing. San Francisco, Seattle, or Cespedes, Miami. Right? Like that, that's where you would feel like comfort level. But the minute those guys went other places, I was like, don't matter. They'll find their way. Yeah. And, and I think everyone's different. I don't know Sai Suzuki personally, right. so I don't know what his mindset is. I'm just saying, if I think, if I put myself in his shoes and like, again, I'll say, if I went to go play winter ball or say I went to go play in the, in, in the KBO or something like that, uh, or in Japan, it'd be really comforting to me to know I had someone to go to. Right. But I'm, that's, that's just me. So I'm speaking on uh, me putting myself in his shoes. Yeah. And that's all we can do is that we, we don't know. We don't know the guys. And yes, it would seem like it would make perfect sense, but we don't know how high that is on their priority list when, but I sure as hell it would make sense for me or for you if we're going to a yeah. place that we're not familiar with. No question. All right. Uh, this one was kind of interesting uh, from the Denver post that, that the Rockies were very interested in Kyle Schwarber before the lockout happened. And they are still going to be very much interested in the free agent. Once the doors open up. If you're Kyle Schwarber, do you take a deal from Colorado? Does that make sense for him? I honestly believe that whoever flashes the most money at Kyle is going to get Kyle. He's kind of at that point. He's 28, I believe. He's about to turn 29, coming off a really good year. And I think he can demand, you know, three, three years. So... Maybe most teams are willing to give him that. And if the Rockies say, we'll give you four and we'll keep that AAV, like for him, it's like you kind of, you, you made it to this point. He's, I think his contracts, he's made 22 million, which is a lot of money, uh, but this is his time to really go after it. I think uh, if the Rockies made him an offer, he can't refuse it. He would, wouldn't refuse it. I don't think that's his first choice. It sounds like he really loved his time in Boston. Um, so it makes sense for him to go back there. I don't know if they're going to offer him what the Rockies are going to offer him though. I don't know what anybody's going to offer him, but I will say that if I'm Kyle Schwarber, I just kind of follow the money now. So I've done a little thinking about this. Um, we know Colorado at best is a fourth place team in that division, right? I'm talking about 107 win giants, 106 win Dodgers and the Padres who are going to get it right. They're not going to be a 500 team next year. Um, so he knows that going in, he can say, Hey, listen, I'm here to help turn things. You want to get your money? Go for it, dude. You've accomplished a lot. You deserve it. You deserve it. The two guys who are going to be helped most when they come to an agreement and have the universal DH are Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber because there's a lot of teams that look at them and say, okay, you know, in the National League, can I play this guy in the outfield? Do I have to move him to first base? What if, if there's a DH, then put that stick in the lineup every day. I'll put you in the field a couple of times here and there. The rest of it, I want you mashing. And so that will be a huge, huge opportunity for Kyle Schwarber. If for some reason that does not pass, Plouffe, he might be a one- or two-year deal guy kind of from here on out. It, it could be, and I don't, think, I don't think he wants to be. I think he wants some, some stability now, right. like I said. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, this weird, though, because I, 
everybody I talk to that's won a World Series or played in a World Series, they say that's the only type of baseball that like matters to them anymore. They want to be in these World Series year in and year round. It's not that easy, obviously. Uh, but if Schwarber's one of those guys, then yeah, maybe we just cross the Rockies right off the list, right? They're not making it to the World Series anytime in his tenure there. Um, he did take the deal with Washington because it was probably his best opportunity and probably the best money. They weren't going to win the World Series last year. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I Again, I think he he goes with the best offer. Well, there's another way for him to look at it. Let's say he doesn't get the offer that he wants. He could keep playing on some pretty substantial one-year deals get traded from a shitty team to a good team, have another great late season slash playoff run and keep upping his value. Just like a mercenary. <laughs> well, I mean, seriously though, I think that's no, one yeah, way he that's has one, to look at it business wise. It's, it's one Avenue for sure. But if he's taking one year deals, I think he'd get, this is going to sound weird, but if he has to settle for a one year deal, then I don't think the money is going to be high. Really? I don't think so. I don't think it'll be like one year 25 for this guy. No, no, no. It would never 20. get that. Whereas I think he, he just turned down 11 part of his mutual option. So like yeah. this, he's looking for 15 a year. Yes. He's looking for, you know, so, you know, if the Rockies come out and say, we'll give you three for 45 and like oh, a big he'd, buyout. Yeah. He'd be That's what I'm that. saying. Like they're going to have to do, he, like if they do that, they can get him. I don't know if like they're willing to do that. Um, I don't know if other teams are too. The market is, you know, opaque at best right now. We don't know what's going on, but opaque. Um, that's the offer that Rockies, I think, are going to have to make. Okay. I'm on board with that. I think it's interesting. I mean, obviously, his agents have told him we expect more than $11 million, right? Like, we're. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could also see him signing one for 17. Yeah. I could see. I, I don't know. You, th you think a team will give him $17 million right now for one year? I think so. I think, it, yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. I think that if there's a, a universal DH and there's that much competition, I mean, that dude was, do you remember that sort of run he got on in June? No, he's a real year? deal. He's a real deal hitter. No doubt. He's a game-changing hitter when he gets and, hot. And on top of that, what what was the one reason the Cubs never wanted to give up on him when, when Cubs fans started to sour on him a little bit? They were like, he has an amazing makeup. Like, you need yeah. him in your clubhouse. And so – that's a part of it. I mean, yeah, his mark is very interesting. I can't wait to see. I mean, he deserves he deserves a nice deal. Yeah, he deserves to be somewhere that wants to win and is going to win. Like that's the type of player he is. So I hope he yep. gets it. All right, uh, Shohei Otani, no big shock uh, on the cover of MLB Show Twenty Two. Is there any question that he is the face of this sport now? No, I don't think there's a question. Um, as far as like a baseball fan's perspective, there's nobody that's out there that we know kind of does what he can do. So to me, yes, he's the face of the sport. I'm wondering if I pulled people who just aren't really baseball fans, who they would say, I don't know if they would say Otani. I don't know. I honestly don't even know if they, if they would know him, which is kind of crazy because we think it's a no brainer, but when you go to outside casual fans, I don't know if, who they would say, who would they say Jeter maybe? Well, that's the problem. That is one of the problems the problem. with this sport. And um, I think that if you go up to 10 people who are fringe baseball fans, who might watch the World Series occasionally, who name me five baseball players. Shohei's not getting on that list. 
I don't think so either, which is, you know, it's strange, but he does play for the Angels who kind of weren't. Right. And we have to remember, we live kind of in our own little baseball cocoon, right? And so people who are listening to this and love the content of what we do, you're all baseball fans. So you have to kind of take a big step back and think of your friends or your family members who aren't baseball nuts like you are and go up to them and ask them, who are the five? Give me five baseball players right now. I'd love to hear their list. And you know what? Why don't you leave it in the in our uh, why don't you post it here in our chat? Why not? It's a good I'm going to do a poll of my neighbors, my friends. We'll see if they can. I, I, I firmly believe that baseball is a regional sport right now. Like if I ask somebody here, they'd name some Dodgers. If you ask somebody, you know, in Cleveland, they'd probably name some Guardian players. Mm-hmm. So if they could. If they could. Yeah, that's not, I guess, a good example right now. Um, but yeah, it's we're in a weird time right now. Sure man. And, we're, and we're trying to push players and. You know, I've always said football wins because fantasy football. I could name, I could probably name 70 NFL players. Just mm-hmm. boom, 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 boom. I probably couldn't name, I guess I could name 70 MLB players, but that's, I'm a different person. Yeah, no, you could definitely name 70 MLB players. You stop that now, bite your tongue. But yeah, the, listen, the whole gambling space is a different world and a different animal when it comes to the NFL as opposed to baseball. Yeah. But I think that baseball will certainly make some, some headway the NFL in that is area. flying right now with these playoffs and I know. I know. All right. Well, we're going to now we're going to mesh two sports here. Okay. You are not prepared for this, but I think we're going to have not. a little fun. With it. All right. Just found out this morning, Tom Brady retired, called it quits more than two decades in the NFL, gave a, like an eight page Instagram notice on why he's done and all that sort of stuff. So congratulations to the goat. Go enjoy your TB12 business and your Brady clothing line and everything else. And you're smoking a hot wife and your family and all that sort of stuff. So enjoy that. So the last year that Tom Brady was not an NFL player was 1999. Give me the opening day starters for the Tampa Bay Rays in 1999. Give me what? (laughs) Give me the opening day lineup. Oh, the, the lineup. The lineup okay. for the Tampa Bay Rays. I think they were probably the Devil Rays back then is my guess. 99? So let's – I, I will gonna, help. Wade Boggs. Wade Boggs is one of them. Wade Boggs uh, hit one, two, sixth that day and played third base. That was also the year he got his hit number 3,000. Travis Fryman. That's a great guess, but he is not on there. Okay. Um, There's Fred a, McGriff. Red McGriff is in the lineup. He hit fourth. Uh, I could keep going. I know some more. It's going to take too long for me to remember. But I, I got a little, a few of them. Yeah, you did. So I'm going to give you a couple of hints. And you, one is, um, I want to see how easy a, a hint I can give you. One is uh, half bash. Yeah, I thought Conseco was on the team. I was going to say yeah. it. That's... He was the DH. I remember him third. in the uni. The guy who hit right before him is still in the dugout. Mm. He is still in a major league dugout, but not as a player. I don't know. Davey Martinez. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the other ones we'll just run through. Guy who hit leadoff. Uh, I'll give you this. He was traded, I believe, for Lou Pinella. 
No idea. Randy Wynn. Randy Wynn. Okay, I should remember that one. Uh, their catcher, John Flaherty. Okay. Paul Sorrento was their left fielder. He was more of a first baseman. I can't believe he played left field. Miguel Cairo was their second baseman. Oh, baby, Miguel Cairo. Okay. You remember Kevin Stocker, the old Philly shortstop? No. Okay, he was their shortstop. Shame on me. And their opening day pitcher once threw a no-hitter for the Chicago White Sox. Left-hander. Wilson Alvarez. Remember him? I wasn't going to get that one. No. Uh-uh. Mm-mm. Okay. Hey, you did all right. You did all right. By the way, I have a great story about Randy Wynn. One time I was at the Cavs-Clippers game. This is 20 years ago, easily. And uh, you know how they come out and they have fans shoot the ball for whatever. Guy hits a half-court shot, wins a car. Wins a car and shows no emotion. Place is going nuts. And I think I went was with my brother. I was like, what the hell is going on here? Why is that guy doing it was Randy Wynn. So he, <laughs> they picked him out of the audience. They just picked him randomly? They didn't even know? They picked him randomly oh my out God. of the audience. He was like, yeah, I'm just going to give the car away anyway. <laughs> just a stone cold killer, bam. I remember talking to him about that years later. It was funny. That's awesome. All right, so what do you have coming up on John Boy? Well, we had an episode of Talking Baseball come out yesterday. Um, pretty good when we talked about some of the lockout stuff, labor pod ish. Um, yeah. And then we challenged, we challenged our fans and said, tell us to get someone, uh, for an interview. So we're, we're waiting on that. And we said, big names, give me the biggest names you can think of. So Mm. I'm going to try to get some, uh, some of those guys on. I'm actually doing something really secret right after this, not part of our network, but I will plug it when it comes out. So, um, it'd be fun. I think people will like it. What about you? Uh, so the Tyler Glass now episode is out. We uh, catch up on how he's feeling. Uh, he's about to start his throwing program any day. We talked about his future in Tampa Bay, whether or not he he. It's amazing. Like he gets so non-defensive about these questions. Like we released a little clip earlier today on Rose Rotation platform about. I said, "Do you think you'll still be a Tampa Bay Ray?" He goes, "I don't know. What do you think?" <laughs> you know, like he's just so lighthearted about it all. He just doesn't. He just wants to play baseball and have fun and travel the world and such a good, easy, fun listen. That's what I hear most about Glass now. Uh, Thursday, I am prepping to interview Zach Plesak of the Cleveland Guardians. Okay. So we'll get that going. Uh, next week, hopefully we're going to, or maybe later this week, we're going to set one up with Miguel Rojas. And um, obviously a lot to cover with him. It's been a very uh, trying off season for he and his family. Of course, they lost to Rom. Uh, but he wants to get back on here and um, converse with the people. I think he really loves it. He really That's loves awesome. It. He's great. I yeah. can't wait to hear the Zach Plesak uh, interview, see how that goes. I'm, yeah. I'm very curious about him. You know, I don't know a lot about him. My buddy works out with him, kind of like agent-ish with him. Yeah. Um, and he says he's great. Yeah. He's, he's uh, kind of nasty. So, like, he kind of gets really lost good. in and the fold is, over there. You know, you, you position players always joke about how pitchers are not athletic. He's athletic. This dude's yeah. an athletic wizard. Yeah. One of the great, great athletes on the mound. I think I follow him on Instagram. I'm pretty sure uh-huh. I do. Yeah. He's an interesting dude. Looking forward to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that'll do it for baseball today for our producer, the one and only Robbie Scirocco. That's T Ploof. I'm Chris Rose. We will see you Thursday. Let's keep working, people. 
owners, players. Let's lock ourselves in a room so we can get this lockout over. Sound fair enough? Yeah, I'm, I'm announcing it after the Super Bowl. Didn't you see the clip? Yeah, I did see that. Okay. Smart. You're always thinking. Always. Thanks for tuning in to baseball today. We appreciate it, everybody. Peace.